Welcome to the Voice Tech Podcast. Join me, Carl Robinson, in conversation with the world's leading voice technology experts. Discover the latest products, tools, and techniques, and learn to build the voice apps of the future. And Autopilot is a bot platform for building artificially intelligent or like natural language understanding driven bots. And a lot of the focus of those is for IVRs. So when people think of IVRs, they think of interactive voice response. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Voice Tech Podcast. My name's Carl Robinson, and I've got a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking all about how to get started with voice development with one of the leading experts in the field. A conversation recorded on the 17th of March this year, 2020. You're going to hear me talk with Steve Tingiris, none other than Steve Tingiris from Dabble Lab. He is a serial entrepreneur, and of course, founder of Dabble Lab, the company, and also the YouTube tutorial series that I know many of you are familiar with. Double Lab are our very first sponsor and still a sponsor to this day. So a big thank you to Double Lab for supporting the show this far. It's wonderful to have Steve finally on the show to talk to him. It's a really wide ranging conversation. It's not just about how to get started. In fact, and we talk about all the different stages of Steve's uh, entrepreneurial journey, his experience working with clients, his deep expertise in the uh, Twilio ecosystem and developing IVR solutions. He also shares some of his advice for budding voice developers, what the state of natural language understanding is in the enterprise. And of course, we talk about his YouTube channel and all the tutorials that he's consistently put out over the years to help new developers and experienced developers get better at their craft. Don't forget, there are also bonus questions for Voice Tech Pro listeners where we dig a bit more deeply into Steve's background. Those are just for Voice Tech Pro listeners. So if you're not signed up already, go to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro. But other than that, enjoy this episode. I'm really excited to bring it to you today. This episode is brought to you by Manning Publishing an independent publisher of a huge range of software development books. At manning.com, you'll find books on all the technologies you need to learn in order to create world-class voice applications. All the books are available at manning.com. And right now, Voice Tech Podcast listeners get a massive 40% off all the books with the promo code podvoicetech19. So go check it out at manning.com. Tickets are now available for the most important event of the year. That's right, Project Voice 2021. It's the number one event for voice tech and AI in America. Uh, it's a five-day mega event held from January the 11th to January the 15th, 2021. Uh, that's actually the week after CES. Uh, I went to the last one. It was an amazing experience. I think everyone interested in voice should go at least once. Uh, this time around, uh, due to the coronavirus situation, the event's going to proceed in accordance with the Project Voice series guidelines. Uh, so attendance is going to be capped at just 800 attendees. So grab a ticket while there are still some left. Uh, head over to voicetechpodcast.com slash project voice. Uh, and if you want to get 30% off the ticket price, just enter the code voicetechcarl at checkout. I'm on the line with Steve Tingiris, a serial entrepreneur and founder of Dabble Lab. Based in Florida in the US, Dabble Lab builds tech products and tools to automate business processes and workflows for other companies with a strong focus on AI-powered digital assistance and voice tools. And I'm very pleased to say that Double Lab is also the first ever sponsor of the Voice Tech Podcast. So I'm delighted to have Steve on the show, finally, to talk about everything that's been going on over there. Steve, welcome to the Voice Tech Podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to it. 
Me too. Yeah. I, we've been in contact for a long time now. Like I say, you're the first ever sponsor. Thank you so much for your continued support and for all the wonderful material you put out. We're going to talk about it later, but you've got a fantastic YouTube channel, youtube.com slash double lab, where you've consistently put out amazing videos for, I, I don't know, well over a year now. So you've got a huge library of content there. So we're going to talk about that. But the topic today is getting started with voice development as a general topic. We're going to talk about different technologies, your background, and then some of the challenges in the industry that you've seen uh, you've seen happenings and you faced. Before we, well, to kick off, should we first of all cover what Double Lab does? Could you explain a little bit about Double Lab as it is now, and then perhaps give us an idea of what what led you to create Double Lab? Some of the other startups that you've been involved in. Yeah, Double Lab has sort of been a, it's iterated over the years. It started as really a, a company that I had started after selling my last company to literally dabble with some things that that I was interested in and mm -hmm. put together a small team. And one of the things that I was most interested in was machine learning and got interested in natural language understanding early on. The timing was right. We founded Dabble Lab in 2015. In late 2014, I guess, I got one of the invites from Amazon to get one of the, uh, the early echoes and uh, got that in early 2015, I think January or February, Right. I was hooked from day one with the idea of that. Of course, Siri had been around for a while, so voice assistants weren't necessarily new. Mm -hmm. But seeing a voice assistant without a screen or without a keyboard, to me, was pretty intriguing. The idea of this device that was essentially a, a microphone and a speaker that connected to a cloud service really got my wheels turning. Yes. And we've sort of operated as a private R&D development group and evolved into what we do today, which is we work with a handful of larger enterprises to help them automate business processes, but mostly contact centers and applications where natural language understanding and AI and machine learning will help automate business processes to get more done with fewer people is usually the goal. I see. Okay. Yeah, I see uh, from the notes that I've, I've done that you said you started off as a, a startup studio. So the idea was to was to work on products that you would then test in the marketplace to see whether you could get product market fit with them and then and then launch them as full startup. Was that the idea? That was the idea. It was not a successful idea, but that was the idea. So the startup studio was sort of the thing to do. And so we were working on four or five product ideas in parallel with general thinking that my background, I'm an entrepreneur, but an engineer first. So I was a software mm -hmm. developer turned entrepreneur and, and had been fortunate to have started a couple of companies that exited. So I, I know I'm not the CEO, the typical CEO, like I can get things going. So I thought, well, mm -hmm. the startup studio idea makes sense because I can get some things going and then find somebody capable to like take it to the next level. That makes sense. Didn't go as planned. You know, if it's not hard enough working on one thing, it's pretty difficult to balance multiple things. And the theory works, you know, the more lines you have in the water, metaphorically, the better your odds are to, to get a bite on something. And that's kind of what I bought into. The rub for us was just effectively sharing resources and attention right. across multiple things simultaneously became pretty difficult. And to compound the challenge, sort of the next iteration of Dabble Lab was, was doing some angel investing and tried to share the team across different ventures that I was involved in. And that was just not easy. And so the result is it was 
not a success by a long shot. You move from actually trying to develop multiple products to investing in other people's products. Yeah. So that's how I thought we would fix it. What happened was, you know, I was out, we were building what I thought were some good ideas, but as I was going out trying to engage potential CEOs and people who could lead and grow the company, most of them had their own ideas. And so they would say, Mm -hmm. the ones that I really wanted to partner with, they would say, yeah, you know, what you're doing is cool, but how about this? You know, which was more interesting to them. And so I sort of changed my thinking and maybe it makes more sense to just get behind somebody else's idea and be the, the technical side or the product side of somebody else's idea. Right. I was also involved in starting an incubator here where I am, you know, so I was around a lot of people that were working on different things and being an entrepreneur, it's hard not to get excited about everything, you know, so. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> well, it sounds like you focused on really your, your core strengths, which is the engineering side of it. And that's what Double Lab is today, basically. You're, would it be right to say that you're an agency or a consulting firm? I don't know how to position it because it's described as an on-demand R&D team in, in some places. That, that does seem to fit, but it does sound kind of uh, novel. Yeah, I mean, we're. I would definitely not call us an agency. We're probably closer to custom software shop than we are an agency. Not that we don't get involved in strategy or weigh in with some opinions there, but that's not our strength. We mm-hmm. are, are better at figuring out you know, how to apply technology to solve a, a specific problem. And in most of the projects that we're working on right now, they're problems that could benefit from natural language understanding Artificial intelligence is such a broad term, but machine learning and robotic process automation, business process automation using machine learning. So back-end tasks that are things that machines could do better than people. Okay, fantastic. Well, we're going to dig into that a bit more in a bit. That's a good intro. I also note that you say you're originally a developer and you still manage to code every single day, (laughs) which is impressive for someone who leads a big organization. How does that work in practice? Well, for starters, we're not that big yet. So, so I uh, we are a team of eleven. We're not big yet. But my last company, I started as a developing the product, and toward the end, I wasn't involved at all. Things worked out favorably, but I said to myself after that, you know, what I really love about this industry is the problem solving, the tech, and mm-hmm. I just don't want that to happen again. I made a personal commitment that I was going to stay involved and do what I love, writing code and really dabbling. I don't claim to be the best coder. I'm far from that, but I really do enjoy learning new things. And mm-hmm. one of the, the ways that I learn is by trying to think about how I would explain it to somebody else. So that's where the tutorials come from as much for me as anything. So like when I get into something and I'm trying to wrap my head around it, I break it down and say, how would I explain this to somebody else? And I create an outline Mm -hmm. and those outlines turned into tutorials. But I love learning new things. Does that mean that when you meet up with your friends or you go home and meet your partner that you end up explaining all the the new things that you've learned today? (laughs) Oh, gosh, to a fault. Yeah, yeah, it's a good thing my wife isn't sitting here on this with us. She'd definitely weigh in with a few comments there. Uh, I'm sure. (laughs) 
Uh, good stuff. Well, what kind of clients do you guys work with? And you, said, you mentioned some big ones. You said big organizations, call centers. What kinds of things are they typically looking to use a machine learning, natural language processing to solve? I can probably guess to some degree, cutting costs, minimizing the, the contact with real agents, that kind of thing. Is it the same kind of problems over and over? Or is it really a, a unique solution every time? I would say generally, it's the same solution over and over in that they're use cases where people are doing things that machines could be doing. So for example, we're working with a, a large power company right now that has a contact center that is not that it's not used, but it, it's traffic goes up tremendously if there's a power outage. So mm -hmm. if power grid goes down, everybody calls in to find out when their power is going to be restored, which makes sense. Yeah. But when that happens, the staffing that contact center for that, it's hard to know because you know they're hoping that the power never goes out, but you can't predict when that's going to happen. But having a natural language understanding solution that basically when somebody calls in, looks up the number that they're calling from, and then queries their, their backend system to find out if the power outage is known and if so, what the status is, you know, when do they... Yeah, well, the ETA, yeah. So simple things like this are things that hiring people to wait for a scenario where you don't know when it's going to happen, it's just not practical. But mm. on the other end of it, not having a response when people don't have power is not acceptable either. And, and this is a case where bots or digital assistants, AI assistants, whatever you want to call it, are really a good fit for business. Okay, that's a great example. So I have a request, and that's that I'd like you to consider becoming a patron of the show to help me keep it going, especially if you've been getting value from it for a while now, or if it helps you with your business. And so far, only about 1% of listeners actually contribute. I'd love to get this up to around 5% if possible. It takes a surprising amount of time and money to record and release these weekly episodes, let alone attend the conferences. And despite me having a number of generous champion sponsors, so far this is only just covering the basic cost of the show. So I'd love to be able to record more interviews for you, report from more conferences, even test out products for you. But to do that, I need your financial support. Uh, so in return for becoming a voice tech pro, I can offer you full access to the entire back catalogue of episodes. It's more than 60 episodes now, uh, as well as early access to the new episodes. Um, I can offer you uh, extra content. That means bonus questions in the interviews, extra interviews, uh, no ads, of course, and uh, higher quality audio. So you can enjoy the, enjoy the conversations without interruption. You can sign up right now at voicetechpodcast.com slash pro. That's a rolling monthly subscription that you can cancel at any time. Uh, but I also have some uh, discounted bundles on my site, which can bring the cost down even further. So you can go and check those out. If you can't afford it right now, then no worries. Um, please keep enjoying the free episodes. Uh, but if you do decide to contribute, then please accept my thanks on behalf of myself and all the listeners of the show. Are there any particular case studies that, that you'd like to tell us about? One of them, uh, I, I know you've mentioned before, you've worked with Twilio, which is an uh, IVR solution. Is that right? They do a VoIP and these types of things. Oh, there's so much more. Twilio is a client of ours, but we're also a client of theirs. So we mm -hmm. were a big fan of their platform, but then there's a, lots of facets to it. But generically, it's a platform to make...
I'm afraid that's the end of this episode's free preview. That's right, full episodes of the Voice Tech podcast are only available for a limited period of time after their release. The full one-hour episode is available to Voice Tech Pro subscribers, along with all the other episodes we've produced. Go to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro, where for just a few dollars a month, you can become a Voice Tech Pro and receive a range of exclusive benefits. Voice Tech Pros get more content each month. You unlock access to the entire catalogue of full-length episodes, including this episode. You can enjoy extra content, such as exclusive interviews just for Voice Tech Pro subscribers, plus bonus questions in the main interviews. And you also get to hear episodes sooner than everyone else, weeks ahead of their public release, in fact. Voice Tech Pros also get high-quality episodes with no ads and studio-quality sound, and a chance to support the show, and ensure we keep on producing more great episodes like this one. So please go to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro and become a Voice Tech Pro today.